athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. got muscles like Superman trainer. Real, real rare like Super Sam Mega. I jump, stomp, stomp on Lucifer's sake. Now I got a few rings on Jupiter's You're locked into the Dopey Show on radio. From the press box to press row, I am your host, Donald Ware. It is Aggie Eagle Week. Aggie Eagle Week. North Carolina Central is going to be at North Carolina A&T on Saturday. And a lot is on the line. More than bragging rights. And really for North Carolina A&T, an opportunity to at least clinch a share of the MEAC title and uh, the Celebration Bowl. The Aggies would clinch the Celebration Bowl. Meanwhile, if you're the Eagles, 4-7 and seven on the season, want to kind of avenge last year's 45 to nothing loss. And, by the way, because if you look at the 4-7 and seven record, I don't think the 4-7 and seven record tells the story of the Eagles, who I think have had a solid season. And so if the Eagles can win that game, finish the season uh, with a 5-7 and seven record. But more importantly, uh, it gives the Eagles some momentum going into next season. As a matter of fact, speaking of the Eagles, Trey Oliver, the head football coach of North Carolina Central, going to join us in a couple of moments here on the program. We're jam-packed on today's program. You're going to hear from Sam Washington, the head football coach at North Carolina A&T. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Miles head football coach Reginald Ruffin as the Golden Bears win another SIAC championship and, by the way, going to participate in the Division II playoffs. Uh, also joining us, former North Carolina A&T star, now with the Buffalo Bills, Daryl Johnson, as well as former Arkansas Pine Bluff star, now with the New Orleans Saints left tackle, Teron Armstead, also going to join us on the program. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Of course, the Aggie-Eagle rivalry is going to be in full effect uh, on Saturday in Greensboro. And my next guest, as a matter of fact, knows about the rivalry on both sides. He's the head football coach at North Carolina Central. He is Trey Oliver. He is in his first season, and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Oliver, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Doing great. Y- your thoughts uh, four and seven, maybe not where you want to be uh, specifically right now, but um, you know, you you guys have um, you've got you guys have done some good things so far this year. Yeah, you know, we wish our record was a little better, but we had a I think we had a relatively you know tough schedule. You know, we played four teams that were ranked in the top you know twenty five, and you know South Carolina teams, another team that probably should be up there as well. But um, you know, we 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 knew that we were gonna have some growing pains. We had a forty one freshmen in the program. 
And we came in, we wanted to change the culture. Um, and I think that we've done that. And, and, you know, next thing is, you know, hit the road recruiting. And, um, you know, the wins are going to come. We're not concerned about that. Yeah. Uh, speak a little bit to sort of the quarterback situation because, you you know, you had two guys that, uh, that, that could have gotten it done for you. One entered the transfer portal. Now you're rolling with a freshman quarterback um, who really has been solid uh, for you, all things considered. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we call him Pee Wee, but uh, he's done an outstanding job for us. And, you know, he came in, and when we recruited him out of high school, out of uh, Belle Glade, Florida, you know, we, we knew that he had that championship pedigree and um, that he was a winner. You know, he had like a 4.0 GPA coming out of high school. So, you know, he's the type of young man that you want to lead your program and, and you know, lead the offense. So, um, you know, he kind of got thrown in the mix a little, little, little sooner than we wanted. But um, he's done an outstanding job for us this year, and, and you know, we're excited. we're excited to have him part of our program. Yeah, Davius Richard, 12 touchdowns to nine interceptions, has thrown for over 2,000 yards this season. I know we talked with you back uh, in Durham uh, when we had our countdown to kickoff uh, uh, back in July. W- what are some of the first things, because the program was in solid shape, so what are some of the first things um, that you had to do coming into the program uh, in your first season? Of course, you're an alum of the school, but in your first season as the head coach. Well, I, you know, when I got here, I didn't really like where we were, you know, where the team chemistry was. You know, you saw a lot of guys and clicks and, you know, hanging out with their position groups. Uh, but now you see a lot of the guys, offensive guys hanging out with defensive guys and, you know, offensive linemen might be hanging out with defensive backs. So that was the first thing, and it's more, much more of a family-type culture around here now. Um, then secondly, obviously, we had to, you know, I think we had to uh, get some things in line as far as the discipline was concerned. Um, and then lastly was recruiting, and, and we hit the road recruiting when we got here. And like I said, we brought in 41 freshmen. So uh, as soon as the season's over with now, we'll, we'll hit the road again and, and look for some more uh, really good athletes. Trey Oliver, in his first season as the head football coach at North Carolina Central, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the Aggie-Eagle rivalry taking place uh, on Saturday in Greensboro. What about this defense? I mean, you know, Darius Royster's playing very well for you. He's not the only one. Um, You talk about a lot of the takeaways that you've had so far this year. Your thoughts as you put your stamp, a defensive coach, as you put your stamp on this defense. Well, yeah, you know, um, I think our defensive staff, those guys have done an outstanding job. And um, we got a whole lot of guys banged up and, and didn't have a lot of returners back. So what they've been able to put together over there on that side of the ball, I mean, uh, just says a whole lot for Coach uh, Coach Autry Lindsay and, and the defensive staff. Um, but, you know, that's that's his defense. You know, I'm a defensive guy, and, and I I have my suggestions. But at the end of the day, you know, I can't take credit, you know, for our, our defensive success. The robbery, what does it mean to you? Again, been on both sides of this thing, but you're an alum of North Carolina Central. What does the rivalry mean to you? Well, you know, it's, it's two schools in state right down the street about an hour apart. And, um, you know, this, this is one day, uh, Saturday at 1 o'clock, where, 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 you know, these two people are not going to get along too well. <laughs> you know, after the game, we'll, we'll hug and shake hands and everything like that, but uh, for that, for those 60 minutes, it's going to be physical, hard fought, and you know both teams are fighting for for pride with their university and and fighting for pride for the alumni. So uh, it's going to be a physical and hard fought ball game. Yeah, what did it? What was it like when you played at Central during this rivalry? Man, it was it was something. It was it, the atmosphere was unbelievable because we played back at Carter Finley Stadium over at NC State, and you know it'd be 45, 50 thousand people there. 
And, you know, that was the first game of the year. So all camp long, you know, everybody was talking about the, the classic and, you know, we were getting ready for A&T. And, you know, we had a couple close ones with it. And, and at that point, we were Division two, So, you know, they kind of had the upper hand with us, you know. But, um, you know, it was a very physical, a very physical and hard-fought ball game. Trey Oliver is the head football coach at North Carolina Century. He joins us here on the program, of course, and talking with Sam Washington. Uh, he recruited you to come to North Carolina Central uh, when he was an assistant coach there back in the mid-'90s. W- what about that, and can you speak a little bit to your relationship with Coach Washington? Coach Washington, um, you know, he's a great man, and, and um, when I got here, you know, he, he and his uh, wife took good care of me, and, you know, I was ble- I'm blessed to have both my parents, you know, my life, but they was like a father figure to me. And, um, you know, once I got into the profession, we kept in touch. And, um, you know, we're really, really close friends. We talk a lot. And uh, unfortunately, we haven't talked <laughs> quite that much this year. But uh, I'm sure we'll play some golf together after the season and everything. But, you know, Coach is a great man. He's a competitor. And, um, you know, he- he's a player's coach. Yeah, one of the things he said was that he knew – uh, once you came into the program as a player, that you were going to be, uh, in fact, a, a coach. So uh, speak to that and, and really getting into coaching. And again, you got, not only that, but you guys have also served on staffs under Broadway at Grambling and at A&T. Right. Well, you know, um, coach. You know, when we when I coach when coach coached me, um, you know, I was I was one of those guys that asked questions, and I wanted to know what you know how everything worked, not just my position, and I wanted to understand the scheme and what we were trying to do. Um, so you know that that kind of carried over, and I've always been, you know, a, a schematic guy, I guess you could say. Um, and then yes, we were on staffs together. Uh, when we got down to Grambling. Um, I told Coach Broadway we were looking for a coach, and I told Coach Broadway about Coach Washington, and, and luckily uh, Coach Coach Broadway hired him. That's probably the best hire he made. But um, uh, coach, you know, great guy, great defensive mind, and we won a lot of championships together and had a whole lot of fun together when we were on staff. Yeah, no questions. Could be a little bit different uh, on Saturday. So, w- what are some of the concerns that you have about North Carolina A and T? Man, defensively, you know, they they they're in the top statistical category in just about everything defensively, and uh, it starts up front. Their defensive line is very good. Uh, they play hard and they're physical, um, you know. And then, and then in the uh, offensive side of the ball, um, you know, Coach Barnett, the offensive coordinator, has done a good job as far as attacking people. And uh, the the quarterback, the Khalil Carter kid, he was over at A and T when I was there, and you know, he does a good job of managing the game. I think he's only thrown four interceptions this year, uh, so he doesn't make too many mistakes. And <laughs> their running game the concerns be the big receivers they have that they just throw these jump balls up. So they're just explosive on offense, and they've done a you know a heck of a job recruiting over there. And then lastly, uh, Coach Oliver, we appreciate the time. How are you growing in your first season um, as the head football coach at North Carolina Central, and what does it mean to be the head man uh, of the football program at your alma mater? Well, it means a lot, you know, and, and, and it's my responsibility to, to, to you know, uh, get the program back to where it once was. And um, so I'm honored, and, and it's, it's a privilege to be the head coach of the university. Uh, I think our first year, uh, just as far as getting stuff in order and, and instilling the culture and, and how you want to do things. And luckily for me, I have a really good staff. Uh, my support staff is outstanding from our sports medicine team, 
um, to our strength staff, academic, you know, all, everything that works together. So, you know, when you have a good group of people with you pushing the same direction, that makes your job a lot easier. Trey Oliver again in his first season as the head football coach at North Carolina Central joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Eagles going to take on the Aggies on Saturday in Greensboro. Coach Oliver, we appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you in Greensboro on Saturday. Oh, sure thing. Thank you. It's Aggie Eagle Week on From the Press Box to Press Row. So much more of the program to come. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. From the press box to press row. Ladies and gents, players and pimps, listen. You know what it is. It's the one and only Eagle Double G or AKA Snoop Lion, top selector number one. Shot Rastafari. With so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being Snoop Eagle Double G, but I somehow, some way. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it like that. You know, I was really focused, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. From the press box to press row and box to row.com, your HBCU sports leader. We're back here on from the press box to press row where it's Aggie Eagle rivalry week. And, of course, we don't want to ignore those in Florida because it's also the Florida Classic Bethune-Cookman and Florida A&M, which has some MEAC complication, or implications, I should say, as well. Because if Bethune-Cookman wins that game, uh, if A&T loses, and then if Norfolk State defeats South Carolina State, then it creates really a four-way tie between the four uh uh, aforementioned teams and then all share the title uh the MEAC title and then ultimately sell the the Aggies still go to the celebration bowl so you got a lot of things going on in the MEAC it's a big weekend for MEAC football also we don't want to uh, ignore those in the state of Mississippi Jackson State and Alcorn State are going to get together last weekend they had in excess of 40,000 in Jackson Mississippi for Southern and Jackson State and should be a big crowd. Even though Alcorn State has already sold up the SWAC's Eastern Division, should be a, a big-time football game there uh, in Jackson, Mississippi. So a lot of rivalries going on. Uh, I mentioned the fact that Miles uh, is going to play at Lenore Rhine and uh, the head football coach of Miles, Reginald Ruffin, going to join us a little bit later on 
in the program. Also still to come here on from the press box to press row, Daryl Johnson, defensive end for the Buffalo Bills, going to join us on the program, as well as Saints starting left tackle to Ron Armstead, formerly of Arkansas Palm Bluff, also going to join us on the program as well. Even though I'm in Raleigh, uh, you know, we're looking forward to that game. Like, I'm looking forward to calling that game, looking forward to going up uh, to Greensboro in Raleigh right now. My studio is getting uh, some work done on it. So uh, big shots out uh, to one of our affiliates, Buzz Sports Radio in Raleigh, uh, as we're at their studios uh, being able to to, uh, to to bring you this show. So big shots out uh, to them. Also got a great affiliate uh, in, in Raleigh as well on Hot 97.9 as well. Appreciate those listening to us on those stations and all of our stations throughout the state of North Carolina, whether it's WRVS, whether it's WNAA. We got so many great stations in the state of Florida, whether it's WTAL, whether it's WELE in the state of Mississippi, WJSU. You know, we got so many great stations, WVCD, so many great stations that carry from the press box to press row. Those listening to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142 and those listening to us around the world at box row.com you know something I want to get to it's it's a bunch of things that we have to get to uh, on the program today we talked a lot about the Colin Kaepernick uh, situation on last week I thought it was a farce uh, coming in and that situation is is it's it's just a bad situation all the way around right now Ultimately, um, if you hadn't heard, uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, the NFL had set up a a, a, a a workout for him, which I thought was ridiculous. Anyway, you generally have these type of workouts uh, for college uh, student athletes getting ready to do their pro days. Um, but ultimately, they set this thing up for him. It was supposed to be 20 some odd teams showing up. Apparently, again, from what I've read uh, he he got there. He had two points of contention. One that the media uh, was not allowed uh, to to be at the the work. I don't know if it was all media or some media because generally at if you call it pro days there may be some media but not like a media circus. Uh, and then ultimately it was a waiver that uh, Colin Kaepernick had to sign. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm assuming his, his camp signed, they signed it, and then ultimately you get there, and he's not happy. They move uh, this uh, pro day 40 miles up down the road in Georgia. Um, he ultimately has the pro day, uh, gets some film. I think seven or eight teams ultimately came out. Listen, this this is a circus at this point. I mean, I don't know whether it's Colin Kaepernick and his camp whether it's the National Football League, uh, I don't know what's going on. I'll, I'll tell you this. This is where I stand uh, on that particular situation. I think if you're Colin Kaepernick, um, I think that if regardless of why this ultimately was set up for you, I think that if you 
ultimately are saying that you want back into the National Football League. And let's remember that Colin Kaepernick has settled with the league in terms of the collusion deal. He settled. Okay, so uh, the the NFL, I shouldn't say he settled. They they came. He and he he and the NFL came to an agreement and there was a monetary value attached to to that okay so he's taking money okay number one um i think if you ultimately want to be back in the league as you ultimately say um that you do then i mean if if that's the case um you know i'm not saying you know i'm not saying you have to do everything that the league is saying but you you knew what this was coming into this you knew that this was going to be set up so why would you then not decide not to participate in it. Like, I have a real problem with that. Like, I don't understand that. Now, whether or not, I mean, to me, all of the particulars about whether the media could come around and uh, and film it, and I think the other point of contention is that he wanted to be able to have his film uh, crew to be able to, uh, to film it as well, and I think the NFL said no behind that. Um, whatever the points of contention were, all of those things needed to be settled before the pro day. And if you're Colin Kaepernick and you truly want to get back into the National Football League and play, then I think you have to participate in this pro day as it's put forth because you've agreed to do it. Look at all the people. Look, look at all the people that have. You know, the whole thing would stand with Cap, right? All of these supporters that Kaepernick has and had, right? You have people that have not watched the National Football League for all of these years, okay, because they're standing with Cap. There's no doubt about it. Colin Kaepernick has been blackballed out of the National Football League. Like, I think I think we understand that. But if you have an opportunity for uh and you've agreed to this opportunity okay to this workout then i think you have to participate in it and i think it's posturing on both sides i think the league uh is at fault here uh in some respects i think kaepernick is at fault in some respects believe me i'm not a fan of the national football league at all you know i have you know i've I've had some dealings with the national football league i've talked about i don't talk about it a lot on this show but i've talked about it from time to time that it uh, certainly for us at one time uh we were credentialed to at least be on radio row back in 2009 uh, we were on radio row at the super bowl and covered the super bowl game uh itself then the next year and the subsequent years after that the national football league said we could not be on Radio Row, nor could we cover the Super Bowl. For whatever there, it was just, I don't, I'm, you know, the, the reasons as to why are still unclear to me. But let me do a little bit of a comparison, okay? And I realize it's two different situations. If there was an opportunity for uh, Box to Row to be back at the Super Bowl or back uh, on Radio Row, and the NFL National Football League presented an opportunity, then I would have to weigh that opportunity. And uh, if I, in fact, decided to accept the opportunity, then I'm going to follow through with the opportunity because if I'm saying that's where I want to be, then that's I'm going to follow through on that opportunity. Similar scenario here. If if he says he wants to be back in the National Football League, uh, whatever the – uh, circumstances why the National Football League decided to set this up uh, it did 
Uh, he agreed to it. Uh, you got to follow through with that. I think to go off and do your own thing uh, is a bad look. Again, I think both sides are culpable here, uh, but I think definitely a, a not a great look. Your thoughts? Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W. Now gonna switch gears back to Aggie Eagle. Had a chance to catch up with Sam Washington in his second season as the head football coach of North Carolina A and T. Talked with him about this rivalry. Hey, I took some whippings from the Aggies back in my day. <laughs> Uh, uh, but um, I will say this: uh, it, it's a it's a very good rivalry. It truly is. These kids went to high school together. They went to middle school. Some even went to elementary school together. So they they have a very tight bond, and um, and they want to compete against each other. And it also gives uh, the right uh, bragging rights. You know, when you go back to your communities. So um, it's a very important game from that perspective, and. Um, a very exciting uh, game. So we, we're excited. No, super exciting. And, and one of the dynamics with respect to this game, Trey Oliver is the head coach there. You all have some history. I want to start with the history of when you coached him uh, as a player when he was at uh, North Carolina Central and you were an assistant there. I'll go deeper than that. I recruited him. I went to his mama's house and begged for him. <laughs> so uh, we do. We have a, a very um, – great relationship uh and and as a player you knew right away i knew right away that one day this young man gonna be a coach uh because he had the need to know he wanted to know everything you know the man just learn what you do no i want to know what everybody do so um uh, i'm I'm very proud of him i I truly am and um you know it's his first year and uh, it's going to be some growing pains but um he's going to be a fine coach one day what about the Eagles? Uh, what your thoughts on on them from a personnel standpoint, and maybe some of the challenges that they present? Uh, well, they big up front. You know, I think football begins in the trenches, and uh, they they have a they have size, and, and and you know, so we're gonna take our little boys out there and uh, see what we can do with them. And, you know, it, it's interesting because there have been some challenges this year, uh, a couple of losses. But at the end of the day, this game, Aggies and Eagles, means everything for the Aggies. Shouldn't it be that way? Absolutely. Absolutely it should be that way. Um, you know, again, this is a rivalry, a real one. This is not play-play. These people, this thing here is serious with, for these folk in here. <laughs> they looking so forward to this, and so are we. So, you know, we're we up for the challenge, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And uh, we say put the ball down. Let's go. That was Sam Washington, the head football coach of North Carolina A&T. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're going to be joined by former A&T star, now with the Buffalo Bills, Daryl Johnson, Jr. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a young man in his first season with the Buffalo Bills. And I guess really currently he's the reigning Box to Row Willie Davis National Defensive Player of the Year. He was a seventh-round draft pick in the National Football League draft this past year. He is Daryl Johnson, Jr., formerly of North Carolina A&T. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Daryl, welcome to the program. 
Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Glad, glad to be a part of it. Absolutely. Glad to have you. Uh, for you, I just want to kind of get your thoughts uh, on the season and how the Bills are playing to this point, 7-3 and three on the season. I feel like, you know, we're playing pretty well right now. You know, uh, we still got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, we still got a lot of games left, you know, so we just got to continue to work uh, every day and, and get better and come together as a team and put it all out there on the field. No question about it. Of course, you're going to be on the road uh, on Sunday taking on the Denver Broncos, who have sort of uh, been up and down this year. For you, how are you making the adjustment to the National Football League and more specifically to the Bills? Oh, man, the adjustment, it's been, it's, it's, it's been going good. You know, I'm learning every day from these older guys, I'm trying to soak everything in, or just trying to learn. That's the main part about it, uh, learning. So that's what I'm doing right now. And then after a while, I get adjusted real well. Let me take you back to October 6th at the Titans. It was a 14-7 to win uh, by the Bills. You had three tackles in that game and your first sack in the National Football League. Talk about that day specifically for you. Oh, man, that, that was an awesome day. You know, my first career sack. Didn't get the chance to get the, uh, the game ball for special teams. And, man, that was wonderful. You know, I just went out there and played, you know, for the team. We were trying to make sure we uh, clutch a win before we go on our bye week, and, you know, that's what we had to do. Darrell Johnson, Jr., in his first season in the National Football League with the Buffalo Bills, former seventh-round draft pick, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Let me take you back a, a little bit, Darrell, if I may, uh, to maybe around this time uh, last year, where you know you were with ANT, ANT went to the Celebration Bowl, ultimately won it. You made a decision to forego your senior year to enter the National Football League draft. What is it that that led you to make that decision? Man, uh, this this a business decision, you know. Uh, a lot of things, you know. I, I'll forever end up in North Carolina ANT, but you know, a lot of things could have happened. I could have went back and got hurt or didn't have the year that I had, you know, or didn't get defense player of the year, things like that. So I just made, I, I just prayed about it. And, you know, God said, don't, you know, told me not to go with my comfortable decision because going back to A&T was comfortable for me instead of going with, you know, I'm going with something uncomfortable and see where it takes me. And that's what I went with. I went with the uncomfortable decision and just worked my butt off, man. I knew I had to work. I was When I started training, I was 2.30 light so i'm like dang you know people looking at me kind of crazy <laughs> work i worked my butt off stepped on the scale at the combine i was like 253 so you know things just worked out man just god is good god is good no it's no question about wait a minute i thought you were playing at 240 the whole time you were 230 so talk about game man that's because you're talking about and, and you're right i mean you're talking about what was that the latter part of april uh oh yeah. no no no! i'm sorry the the the, dra- the uh combine was in february so speak to putting on 23 pounds in what three months yeah man it's it, you know uh, i got a, a good trainer chip smith uh, down in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, you know, he put me on with the right people, eating the right things and stuff. When you start eating the right things and taking care of your body, man, it, it's crazy what your body could do. And my body just took it all in and, and went from there. Wow. Man, that yep. is that is awesome. So m- maybe it didn't get off for the greatest start for you. I know you participated in the 40 time, and then I guess you, you got hurt. Oh, yeah. Talk about that, man. What, what was your feeling at that point after you had made the decision to leave and then you get hurt during the combine? Uh, 
I just kept my head on. I, I knew, you know, everything happened for a reason. So it just, you know, God was telling me it just wasn't meant for me to perform at the at the combine. So I just kept my head on, got healthy, went back and trained. And, you know, pro day, I wasn't all the way healthy, but, you know, I did what I had to do to, you know, impress the coaches, I guess. And that's what that's what it is. Daryl Johnson, Jr., formerly of North Carolina A&T, now with the Buffalo Bills, joins us here on the program. The Bills are on the road on Sunday um, taking on the Denver Broncos. I mean, we, we talked about sort of the adversity, but then some good things began to happen for you. Uh, you were in camp and doing well in camp and so well that ultimately Buffalo traded you know, uh, a, a guy that that uh, was a defensive end, and it, you, you know, we'd have to think that's because of the progression that you were showing. So, talk about that, and you know, being in camp and just progressing each and every day. Well, man, in camp, I I really didn't get into all the number things. I just went out there, man, and had fun, and was happy that I was playing at the highest level. So I was just out there, just having fun, and just being me, you know, and. You know, just doing everything that the coaches asked, and just they told me not to worry about no number game. So that's what I did, and I just played football, man. And everything just kind of, you know, when you when you having fun doing something, man, it's it's crazy what you could do. You know what I'm saying? So just playing free and and going out there and making a couple plays. So that's what happened. Last thought, your thoughts. A uh, and T needs this one against the Eagles, who are a tough football team. Uh, you've been in this. You've been in this rivalry for many years. Have won two out of uh, out of three. Um, and I think it was yes, right. You were a redshirt year that that first year. But just just your thoughts. Um, and and I know you still keep up with A and T. Uh, I wish I could put on the pad again <laughs> and play in that game, man. That's the fun game. You know, I, I believe in those guys. And essentially, they you know they're gonna try to come out. They're gonna play their best game. So we just gotta come prepared to play. And, and do what we do, play play ANC football. Aggie pride, baby. <laughs> Daryl Johnson in his first season in the National Football League with the Buffalo Bills was a seventh-round draft pick in this year's NFL draft. The Bills going to take on Denver uh, on Sunday uh, at Denver. And, Daryl, we appreciate the time, man. Continued success to you and the Bills. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, let's transition. It doesn't stop here on From the Press Box to Press Row, joined by a young man in his seventh season in the National Football League, all with the New Orleans Saints, who drafted him in the third round of the 2013 draft. Of course, for the Saints, they're going to host Carolina this weekend. Teron Armstead, starting left tackle, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. What's going on, Teron? Hey, uh, not much, man. How you doing? Doing great. Good to have you back on the program um, your thoughts uh, on the Saints season to this point? Um, I think we've been doing a lot of things well. Uh, you know, winning games, winning games. We we've dropped a couple, uh, but I think we've we've done a great job of, of focusing on on ourselves and on ways to improve to give ourselves a, a chance to win uh, week to week. Before we talk more about uh, now uh, and the future, I gotta ask. Let's get this out of the way. I got to ask about last year, the game against the Rams. You, you know, I, I'm sure you guys are beyond it now, just because you're eight and two and looking forward to getting to the Super Bowl and playing well now. But I, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on on that on that non-call. Um, I mean, extremely difficult. You know, um, just the, the totality of the, the situation, uh, the magnitude of, of being in an NFC Championship and just being so close to 
being in the Super Bowl, um, living dreams, you know, uh, just just uh, a fantasy, just being so close and uh, uh, not with, with it not happening and just kind of being such a, a heartbreaking and, and devastating situation uh, that we we ultimately ultimately lost the game, uh, you know, against a, a great great Rams team, just was heartbreaking, you know. Um, took time to get over, for sure. Uh, something that I would never forget, and I'm sure a lot of the guys that, that played on that team will never forget. But uh, we're definitely moving forward, and, and our, our only focus is, is Carolina. Yeah. That the voice of Teron Armstead, seventh season in the National Football League, all with the New Orleans Saints, joins us here um, from the press box to press row. By the way, I had him ranked uh, in my top 100 greatest players to play in the National Football League that have come out of HBCUs. Protecting Drew Brees, man. Talk about Drew Brees, the relationship you guys have, and then ultimately, I mean, you, you're his blindside guy, and you've been doing it for now seven seasons. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. It's been amazing. You know, working with a Hall of Fame player, uh, first ballot Hall of Fame, arguably the greatest ever at his position, you know. So it's it's been amazing to just be around, you know, quite a guy, uh, an accomplished player, and uh, just a great person. Uh, I mean, and it's a stressful job. It's a stressful job. <laughs> you, you're protecting someone so beloved and, and, and a Hall of Famer, and you just, you don't want to, you don't want to let them get touched at all, you know, and it's, it's tough. It's tough battling with these guys that that get after the, the passer at a at a high rate, and so it's 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 a lot, you know. Trying not to let this man get touched, and most of the time he won't see it, so that's even more added pressure, you know. Yeah, you know what? You know I'm gonna tell you what's great. Like I'm a big Skins fan, man, and uh, I mean, gosh, but I was I was happy for you specifically. So so talk when he broke the record for the most um, passing yards. Um, in in history, talk about that. You were the first one right there picking him up and you know congratulating him. Special moment, special moment, moment I'll never forget um, at all. You know, a moment in history that was that was huge, a monumental uh, milestone for Drew and his family, uh, this organization, this sport, and uh, I'm just happy to be a part of it. You know, genuinely just happy to be a part of it. Yeah, no, definitely a big part of it. Teron Armstead, starting left tackle for the New Orleans Saints, joins us here on the program. Teron, how are you? You know, I, I remember when we talked with you, I guess it may have been two weeks before the National Football League draft back in 2013. Uh, seems like so long ago. I mean, you're a veteran now. Like, you're still young, but, man, seven. You know, when you're in the league seven years, especially at that position, that's a long time. How are you growing as a professional? Uh, I'm just trying to. Daily work on it, you know, work on myself, work on being professional. Um, and it's a lot goes into this game. And once you get to this, this level, uh, you know, it's such a, such a business and you have to carry yourself a certain way and, and be responsible and be respectful. Uh, so just growing as a professional, growing as a player, taking time to, to, you know, diagnose my technique and critique myself to try to become a better player. Uh, it's been a it's been a journey. It's been a, a, a long, tough journey. Um, extremely blessed to be in a situation and had an opportunity, and uh, just trying to take nothing for granted. Yeah, couple of of last thoughts. What does it mean to be uh, one of the best tackles in the game and to have signed that long term deal you signed a couple of years ago? Uh, just amazing blessing. You know, it's a blessing. Um, Thank God for every every opportunity and 
everything that has that's came with um, being in this profession and, and um, dealing with any type of adversities, obstacles, uh, the good times, bad times, wins, losses, all that, you know, it's a part of it. And uh, just been extremely blessed and, and thankful. And then your thoughts, your recollection of your time at uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, where the program is really, really doing well right now, has an opportunity this weekend to have a winning record for the first time, I believe, since the championship uh, team in 2012. Uh, my time at, at, at Arkansas Pine Bluff was uh, was great. It was great, man. I got some lifelong friends, relationships, brothers, uh, all love for my university, and uh, I can't wait to get back. I haven't been back to the to the campus in a while, so. Can't wait to get back and, and see everyone and to see how they're prospering. Um, I love what the, the the football team is doing now. Uh, started off scoring a lot of points and kind of hit a little rough stretch and getting back to scoring points. So now I'm watching them guys. I'm keeping up with them for sure. In his seventh season as the starting left tackle for the New Orleans Saints is Teron Armstead, formerly of Arkansas Pine Bluff, third round draft pick. Back in 2013, as he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the Saints are hosting the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Teron, we appreciate the time, man. Continue success to you and the Saints. I appreciate you. Thank you. Miles head football coach Reginald Ruffin is up next. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the Game of the Week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports, BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Miles Golden Bears once again, SIAC champion for the second straight year. Not only that, going to play in the Division II playoffs this weekend, going to travel uh, to Hickory, North Carolina to take on Lenore Ryan. It's going to be the second time that the Golden Bears going to be in the Division II playoffs and in his ninth season as the head football coach, at Miles is Reginald Ruffin, who joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Ruffin, congratulations and welcome back to the program. Oh, man, thank you for having me. Blessed to be here. Absolutely. You know, it seemed, you know, we were, it seemed like, you know, 2011 we were doing this. 2013, you know, uh, even though you guys didn't win it that year and, you, you know, you've won all of these championships. It seemed like we were doing it every other year. Now it seems like we're doing it every year. But y- your thoughts on the season, nine and two right now, another SIAC championship. Well, you know, we knew coming in we had a chance. You know, uh, we was a fairly new team last year, young, and uh, was fortunate enough to win it last year. And then, you know, was guys was the limit in uh, 2019, especially going through off-season uh, workouts and conditioning and uh, summer uh, workouts. And man, all of a sudden, man, you know, uh, we got to camp. Uh, the learning curve was a lot different than it was the previous year, and, and uh, we just felt like we'll be our own worst enemy. You know, we just need to do the things that uh, we need to do in order to be successful and take care take care of Miles, and uh, and we will have a chance. And man, I'm just so excited for our administration, so excited, you know, for our student athletes, our, you know, our fans, our faculty, staff, and student body. 
And, man, the Fairfield community, man, the Birmingham community, just excited and, and, and you know, just just proud for them. Yeah, well, what makes this championship, again, 21-6 to 6 in the SIHE championship game over at Albany State, what makes this one different than the other three? Well, you know, you go, when we're going back-to-back, that makes a lot different, you know, and uh, uh, doing something that hadn't been done in a while, um, you know, uh, for me, uh, you know, I was part of that, uh, you know, the back-to-back-to-back-back at, uh, at Tuskegee as the defensive coordinator and winning it four years in a row and, and uh, you know, and then Albany winning it that, that, that fifth year. And then I, I, I leave and come to, to Miles College and win it. But, you know, just going back-to-back and uh, just uh, this week have been divisional play, you know, for us to be able to be – for us to play for five uh, conference titles, uh, opportunity to play for five conference titles and win four out of the last five of those, uh, man, it's special, man. But, you know, but for me, back-to-back was real special, uh, especially for, for our student-athletes student and, you know, for our institution, man, to go back-to-back. Yeah, it, it's interesting because if you look at a 20-year stretch – Prior to the SIAC championship game, and you you made the point. You talked about you know Tuskegee going back to back to back. It was either Tuskegee or it was Albany State. Maybe every now and again Fort Valley State was sprinkled into that. But in the SIAC championship era, it has been about Miles College uh, th- uh, four championships. And can you speak not only to that uh, in terms of this new era? Uh, but also, you're you've gotten it done. I, I believe it's been three years against Albany State. <laughs> well, we play Albany State every, every time we were played for the conference title uh, five times, and uh, Albany beat us in 2013, and and um, you know we have beat them four out of the last five, and you know it's just uh, it's just a testament to the administration. Um, I know Dr. French is uh, uh, no longer at Miles, but you know he. He, he laid the groundwork of giving us what we need, and um, and and my madam my madam president uh, Bobby Knight has stepped in, and um, she's uh, also just as wonderful, and and she's awesome, and 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 uh, uh, you know a lover of student athletes, and and what's important for our program, and 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 for our athletic department, and that what is that what it takes it takes that you know for the commitment from the administration not nickel and diamond the student athletes and not giving them what they need to be successful and you know in order to be successful you know you're gonna have to make a commitment and uh, give the resources that's the only way you're gonna do it Reginald Ruffin in his ninth season as the head football coach at Miles joins us here on from the press box to press row Miles has won four uh, SIAC championships in his nine years, uh, of course, going back to back and winning last weekend against Albany State at Albany State, uh, by the way. So let's talk about what's Lenore Ryan like if you look at Lenore Ryan and you sort of look at their numbers, they they like to run the football. Um, it's a, one of those tough sack teams um, and you have to travel to them. But as much as they like to run the football, you like to stop the run. So something's got to give here. Your thoughts overall on Lenore Ryan and some of the challenges that Lenore Ryan presents? Well, first off, you know, uh, well, uh, disciplined, well coached football team. Uh, coach Drew has done a great job, you know, coming there last year. First coach, first time coach, and uh, taking them to back to back, you know, uh, uh, 
you know, uh, championships in their conference. And, you know, uh, they run the football. They do such a good job of throwing you off and uh, some misdirection, getting inside. If they have to run inside, get outside, they run outside, play action, big play you. Um, you know, we have our work cut out for us. And, uh, you know, they, they're, they're top in the uh, in the Super Region 2, uh, uh, number two, and uh, finished behind Valdosta State. And, and they're undefeated, 11-0. and And you can tell, um, you know, they, they have a, a young man uh, that's headed to the Senior Bowl that started safety, you know, at Division 2. He's already picked to be in the Senior Bowl. And, uh, and they have a couple of NFL uh, players uh, uh, on the watch list and, Man, you talk about just a, a well-rounded uh, ball uh, club, you know, and we just have our work cut out for us because they do so much. They can uh, shift and a lot of the motions to kind of throw you off, but we got to be very sound, uh, very fundamentally sound. We can't turn the ball over. You know, we can't give up big plays, and, and you're right. We got to make them – we have to uh, stop the run. That's That's the main goal. Uh, you know, we have done a great job this year, but I, we have challenged our, our, our student-athletes, challenged the defense that uh, we, we're probably playing the best team when it comes to running the football that we faced all year, and uh, we just have to be up for that challenge. And you run the football well, almost 200 yards a game, looking at Dante Edwards, Justin Ruiz, Wade Streeter. Dante Edwards is our reigning box to row national player of the week, had three touchdowns uh, in the win against Albany State in the SIAC championship game. Can you speak to your running game? It's just a testament to uh, our offensive line coach, uh, Coach Fred Ellis. Uh, you know, he had those guys where prepares, done a great job. Uh, for me, since I've been here in office, coordinator Aaron James. Aaron James has, has, has called the plays that he takes what the defense gives him. And, and we've been running back by committee. You know, we lost uh, Darrell Freeman early on and, uh, you know, uh, to injuries. Uh, he had a great game, the first uh, game against uh, Fort Valley, and uh, then he get hurt the second game against Morehouse and uh, uh, hasn't been able to come back. And so, you know, we've been running back by committee. Midian, and uh, we just say the next man up, and those guys is really uh, Wade Streeter, Dante Edwards, and uh, just Luis have really done a great job of just uh, taking the bull by the horn and just uh, playing their roles, and they're, they're unselfish football players, and uh, they do exactly what we ask them to do, and, and they support each other, and, and they, you know, they, they, they rah, rah, rah guys, that, that's when the next guy's in, and nobody's palpating and upset, you know, and you can see the balance, you can see a lot of those guys, uh uh, when it comes to the yardage and, and, and carries, you know, those guys right there are all together. And, uh, you know, we call them running back by committee. Daniel Smith, the quarterback, what, you know, what are, what are some of the, the things that he brings to the table? Well, Daniel brings a lot, uh, the great leadership. Uh, the thing Daniel has struggled a little bit because he, he, he tries to force, tried to force a few balls in this, this, this year. And, uh, not playing within the system and, and, and kind of cost him interceptions. And, and then there was some things that happened where it wasn't his fault, you know, tip passes and ball just landing and falling, you know, in, into the opponent's hand. And, uh, but, you know, he's, 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 he's been our trigger man and, you know, we have a lot of confidence in him. And, and like I say, he's a leader, but when he's hot, he's on fire and he's doing the, and making the right reads, man. He's, he's good as it get. And the thing is, we just try to make sure. He's managing the game, not turning it over, doing a great job of, you know, moving the football and not taking sacks and not uh, turning the football over. But, you know, uh, uh, he's been great all year, you know. Yeah, and then and for you, what, you know, in nine years, again, you, you're the director of athletics also, so you're wearing um, that hat as well. Um, in your nine years at Miles, what are you most proud of? I'm proud of our student-athletes uh, when it comes to, 
our motto, you know, we educate, you know, we dominate and we graduate. And I'm just uh, proud, you know, for us to, uh, when the uh, academic uh, uh, cup came out, you know, we had the highest GPA, you know, in SAC and, and, uh, you know, I'm just proud of that. Our student athletes are graduating and, and they, they're more just athletes, man. They're students and they're scholars, uh, in the classroom and, you know, and off the field and, and they do everything. I'm just most proud of that. You know, then us winning the commissioner's cup, me as athletic director, that's never been done in the history of miles. Kind of been a lot of first time. And then someone just alludes to me all the first time normally happened on the you coach roughing and, uh, you know, just a testament to, uh, administration this testament you know to our student athletes coaches especially our coaches man we got the best coaches i think for our student athletes and uh they they really pushed them and harped them on the importance of education importance of uh representing the institution uh to the fullest and uh i'm just excited man i'm only good as the people that's around me uh my assistant ad and uh, head basketball men's basketball coach fred watts he takes up a lot of slack and uh social ad uh patrick pizza those guys do a lot of uh, good things while I'm in season, and uh, you know, and and we we're a partner. We all work together. No one is bigger than the team. Reginald Ruffin, nine seasons as the head football coach at Miles, also the director of athletics. He joins us here. I'm from the press box to press row. The Golden Bears, winners of their second straight SIAC championship. Fourth time in nine years, fourth time in the SIAC championship game era. Going to take on Lenore Ryan on Saturday in Hickory, North Carolina. And Coach Ruffin, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Golden Bears. Thank you so much. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. We've had a quite a guest list today. Thank you to Reginald Ruffin. Thank you to Trey Oliver. Thank you to Daryl Johnson, Jr., Thank you to Teron Armstead for joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Very much looking forward to being in Greensboro for the Aggie-Eagle rivalry. Should be a great football game. Don't forget about the HBCU football daily podcast. Uh, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com to listen, or you can also download the podcast at BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support you're from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. In your victory, cause your power.